All right, guys, here we are live. Nice to see everybody here. This is Kevin from the Men of Now. I wanted to do a Sunday stream like we normally do to follow up on a class and a stream we had a couple weeks ago on divorce. So this will be a good one that we can have an example of how to make sure or try to prevent divorce altogether and how you take advice from the people around you with marriage. There's a lot of cliches out there. There's a lot of ways that you can get misconstrued. It's a nervous time for everybody. But the main thing is for men, we are evolutionarily bestowed the responsibility to be the leadership in the relationship. And if we're not ready for that, then maybe we shouldn't get married. So I'm going to bring in some friends of mine. You all know them. From men of now. We've got Come on, brother, aka the Hudsman. We got Josh, always known as Renegade Wingman. How you guys doing? Doing, doing good, man. This is a great discussion. I'm so glad that you shared this because you know Dave Ramsey. I mean, that's the clip that we're we're going to be using. Dave Ramsey is a uh, you know world renowned for some of his yeah. advice, and it's very interesting to find those moments where it's really really bad advice. And dude, it was so funny. I was sitting with my girlfriend last night, uh, reviewing the clip. And uh, I didn't know she was even listening. And the first thing that she said was like, that's really bad advice. <laughs> I was like, that's what the show is yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and one thing I, I saw, this was this was from back in March. And I stopped listening to Ramsey a while back because I used his, I read his book several years ago, The Total Money Makeover. And it did inspire me to get debt free, which I did. Uh, busting my ass for three years, uh, modifying his system to my needs and what I could do. However, I noticed really quick that uh, that's about all Ramsey brings to the table. When it comes to everything else that he acts like an expert on, he's just hired people that are smarter than him. And this is this is not shade. I'm not throwing disrespect to Dave Ramsey. He's He does a lot of good for a lot of people. But I should say he does a lot of good for a lot of sheep. And you get caught up in where whatever somebody's that you look up to. It's this. Stay in your lane. Yeah, He's an expert exactly. in finance, but maybe not in relationships and marriages. Exactly. You know, and, and he comes from a different time. Dave, Dave's a boomer and they, they have a different mindset and that, that I can empathize with. However, when we get in the clip later of the advice that he gives this young man, it to me it was cringe and it was it solidified the fact that i you know dave ramsey helped me out where i needed help at that time however that's I, that's all i needed for so what about you josh do you have any any experience with dave ramsey he's been around for a long time yeah he's been around i've come like across quite a, a bit of different things and i agree with you guys sentiment that um when it comes to like the finance side for sure i definitely think he's got a lot of really good stuff um, in there and is like uh, that's definitely you can tell like his strongest area of expertise mm -hmm. so um and it's again is where he's got to start so you know i don't usually don't like to like you know never want to like throw shade at anybody or you know talk down about anything but when you know you come across something where it's like all right that's just like really really bad advice it's like all right you know you, you got to call it like what it is. And, you know, I mean, I've given bad advice before in the past. Where I'm like, man, like me from like 10 years ago would give people like the opposite advice of what I would have given somebody like in that situation. Right. 
So, you know, it's one of those times where it's a little, you got to check yourself a little bit, but it's also a little bit surprising too, just because I was like, all right, you know, you've got a lot of like financial literacy here. Um, so this, this particular bit of advice that you're given to this guy, either you're just not like, you know, you're just kind of on autopilot right now, or you're like, just really missing a lot um, uh, in the, in some some important areas when it comes to talking about more relationship dynamics. So I was a little bit surprised that, uh, yeah, just like the level of how bad the, the advice was, but you know, as well as I always tell people, it's like, look, don't just take my word for it, hear it for yourself. And then like, you know, let, let's see what you guys think. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, people will be kind of, uh, surprised about, uh, when they, when they hear this particular clip we're going to reference. Yeah, I agree. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Hi, Joey. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? So, um, fiance and I are getting married in about three months. Um, we are looking to buy a house. Uh, I currently own a house. I own a duplex. I rent out one side, live in the other side. The amount that I make towards the mortgage is about $800. Um, it's two bed, one bath on my side. Uh, we're looking at having kids pretty quickly on, so she kind of wants something bigger. I don't want to move into my place. Uh, so we're looking for a three-bed, two-bath, but with the uh, housing market, what's done since uh, I bought my place, and then the uh, interest rates, are our estimated monthly note would be about 3600 a month. So she's very anti-debt, and anti-debt even less than her. But she's really making a push for it. I'd, I'd rather stay in my place until we have to upsize. Um, I mean, just looking for advice. What's your duplex work worth right now? Uh, about a half a million. Wow. Are you talking about selling it to do this deal? Um, I'd rather not sell it. Um, I'd rather not have a $3,600 payment. I know that's right. Well, the, the payment on this duplex is $2,000. No, you missed the point. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The problem, the reason you have a $3,600 payment. Go ahead and pause that. So <clears throat> one of the things I found interesting, he was saying, I'm making $800 on the mortgage. So what that kind of tells me, to, it, unless I'm misunderstanding real estate, does that tell me that uh, with him owning that, he's making $800 off of the other person? No, no. I think what it is, is like he said, the uh, mortgage is 2000 but he rents the one side out for 1200 so he's only responsible for 800 which mm -hmm. is why a lot of people buy duplexes to do that and some people can put them in this, the situation where they buy it for a certain amount and they rent one side out that covers all the mortgage however he's still doing great especially in today's today's market you know right. i mean look what he's look what he's talking about 800 to 3600 that's you know, let, 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 let's go on to see how, like you said, I am surprised that Dave reacts the way he does. Watch this. Do so you think it's a better idea to sell the duplex and, and look for... You should not buy another house unless you do. So you only have two possible decisions. One, sell the duplex and buy a house. Two, live in a duplex with an angry new wife. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to be in a house with a, a nagging woman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Lord, you don't want that. Trust me. 
So you don't think there's merit in me trying to talk her into uh, to moving into here, giving that another try? She said wait she minute, doesn't want to do wait it. Minute, wait a minute. Do you really think that's smart, really? I mean, seriously. I'm going to stop it right there because I think that's absolutely smart. That's the second time this young man said that he wants to stay in the duplex until they're ready to upsize. And I think there's absolutely merit in that. Do you guys disagree with that? No, it's a, you're 100% correct. I mean, what, everything he's saying is like so smart. Like they're, uh, they want to, I, I don't know if he mentioned it right away or if he's a, about to in time um, that they're planning on having kids almost immediately. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't he know what those that. expenses look like. So like, why, why would you take on a higher expense living situation when you don't know what future expenses are going to look like, knowing that they're going to increase. It's like, it's just like a train off the rails. Like you, yeah. you literally have no idea what's going to happen next, but like, uh, saddle up. Well, it's a train yeah. off the rails by a factor of four. Cause I mean, if you're going from, you know, 800 bucks a month to 3,600. That's literally four X. So yeah. over you know. four X and, yeah. you know, and even uh, Ramsey himself teaches your house payment shouldn't be more than a quarter of your income. And that's coming up of what they make a year. Watch this. From a relational standpoint. I mean, it's not a bad place. I get where she's coming from, though. It's not our own place. And, and that's, it, It's a bachelor pad. She's not moving in, dude. She wants a fresh start. She wants a place she with you. She wants a place that doesn't have those smells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sell it, man. You can happy always... wife, happy life. Sell there your duplex. Is. There it is. Happy wife, happy life. Why? Why has that become the norm? What, what do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, you know, I, I think what it is is that it's uh, it's just a very comforting and easy, um, almost at this point, like kind of meme to go to, right? Where you can just say, "Hey." Here's your just kind of one saying that will blanket statement kind of covers a broad multitude of different things. Everything's good and okay. Great. Let's wrap up and, and move on to the next thing. So, you know, from an advice perspective, it almost feels a little bit dismissive, which I think, you know, does this, uh, this poor guy here, this service. So, I mean, hopefully maybe Joey at some point like finds this video and we you know, can, can watch this to get some alternative perspective. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I was going to get to that later, but it, it, it. I mean, it's a cute little rhyme. I get that. Happy wife, happy life. But what? A, what about the man? So he sacrifices his happiness, his well-being, his anxiety to make princess happy. You know, and then now we got the new ones. Uh, happy king, happy kingdom. You know, that's that's a new one for the you know the the red pill out there that are. On the other side of the blue, you know, totally nothing in the middle. But what about the couple? I, I even try to do this, guys. I try to find catchy things that rhyme with couple. There's not much. But, you know, struggle was one of them. You know, a happy couple can deal with struggle a lot mm -hmm. better than just making a wife happy or a king happy on his kingdom. Yeah, relationships really are two ways. It's not it, it's not one sided. And both of those statements are, are both one sided. What, what I find very interesting here is, you know, we had that talk a couple of weeks ago on adversity and dealing with adversity. Mm -hmm. Now, um, what is occurring here is he's essentially being given the advice, hey, you're getting married. I don't know if it's for the first time. It sounds like it's for the first time. You're getting married. You're about to have kids. 
you're faced with potentially selling your house and buying a new one. So those are a bunch of different things that he has to deal with, a bunch of different obstacles, uh, activities, whatever, um, <clears throat> that need to occur. And currently, he may not be able to handle juggling all of those things at once. He doesn't know that. that. That pressure in the beginning of a marriage is going to be hard enough because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They didn't get enough information. They, and, right. and I'm surprised because they didn't get as much information as they normally do. Right. And I don't know how this old this kid is, but he I say kid, but he sounds like he's in his early 20s, maybe mid 20s. And I want to think that they maybe come from more of a religious background, maybe Christian background, because they obviously don't live together already before they're getting married. And that's very unique in today's society, especially in the West. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've lived together for two years. the, The point that I just really wanted to drive home is essentially... He's he's dealing with his current struggles of life and then he's going to be getting married and having a kid. And why are we adding more to the plate? He may not be able to handle all of those different things at once, but we're telling him, hey, if there's a couple different versions of reality, one version could be she moves into the duplex and you guys have a child. And then these other versions adding on like the the other, um, you know, the new house and new mortgage, higher mortgage. Like that's you're you're trying to make this guy juggle more plates than he can spin. Like it's just it's it's too much at once. And I, I feel like that's what they're completely missing here. It's like just make her happy. And if you become overwhelmed, which is going to affect how you act in that relationship. Like, dude, I don't know about you, but like when I'm like way overstressed. I'm not the most fun person to be around and I am I'm not as good to my girlfriend as I normally am just because I got too much going on and my my fuse is shorter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know this 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 young man is young. You can tell by his voice. Um he might be a young sounding 40-year-old. I doubt that. Uh I remember how emotionally aware I was at 25 years old as compare I to I am now that would make me a terrible husband to have that much pressure put on me, especially when you have a good setup, you can almost hear the stress in this young man's voice and they're having none of it. And I don't know who, I think her name is Jade, the new one, his little minion sitting next to him. One thing about Ram Ramsey's minions, they will never disagree with him. So I don't, I don't know who she is. She must be new, but she, she is not happy this whole better to live on the corner of a roof than to live with an unhappy wife. I, I've never heard that, but that, that was the first thing that came out. But it's, it's from the Bible. Like it's uh yeah. Then uh, with a quarrelsome wife. And uh, I mean, it essentially, I mean, there's a couple different ways you can interpret it, but um, essentially, yeah, you don't want to be with, uh, with a nagging wife. Um, but that speaks to the character. Like, it almost it almost sounds like to me that she can tell from his voice and how the situation is being approached that uh, maybe they shouldn't get married. Like if the wife can't compromise, then yeah. is this really a right decision? But then Ramsey ends up taking full force, and then she turns to uh, go along with them. Yeah, yeah. Cool. she might have been trying to like you know low key wink wink get out, bro. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, you know, and and to add to your point, Huds, don't break up. 
that's not that's not what I would recommend. But maybe put off the marriage for a little while till you grow up a little bit and both can come to a better compromise than than what you have on your plate right now. It shouldn't yeah. be one or the other. Yeah, I, I almost think like based exactly what you're saying. Um, I don't know if they're religious, but I think the best first step is, hey, how about before we even get married, let's give this a test run. And how would you move into the duplex and see how you like it? Yeah, I got we only got a few uh, like one more minute left on the clip. Let's mm -hmm. go ahead and finish that up and then uh, we'll finish with dialogue. Get your property and get your property where your payment is no more than a fourth of your take home pay household income on a fourth of your take-home pay 15 year fixed 15 year fixed no more than that we, and if that's not 36 to get then that then don't buy a house area. then don't buy a house what are you wait a minute where what are you pricing out because you're going to sell the, you, what will you take home after you sell this duplex how much equity have you got we got about one hundred and forty thousand in equity mm -hmm. oh, okay. okay what's your household income what's your income what's her income uh, our combined incomes are going to be about 130. Okay. And um, listen, I've been to Boise. I've been to Boise. You're looking in the wrong neighborhood. So, okay. Yeah. That, that's where I want to stop it, guys. Because he, he goes on a little bit more, but it's still some of the same rant of when you get married, you have to buy it. If, if your wife says you do it, you have to do it. So, and there may have been a time when that worked, but. I don't think it works anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's... Did you hear the, what he said when he said, how much do you make, how much does she make? He didn't elaborate on that. He said combined, they'll make 130. I'm pretty sure that's before taxes. So... He also said it that way, if you if you caught that. He said it that way because uh, he's embarrassed with how much he makes. He thinks yeah. that he can make more. And you know what? You might be on to something there, Huds. Maybe she makes more. Maybe he's not done with school, but and maybe I, I, see that's something we don't know. That's a variable that's very that's that could be important. We don't know if it's 50-50, that would be 65 each. We don't know if it's 70-30 him, 60-40 her. Uh that maybe that might be something that puts her in the position to say that I want this new house. However, I would lean towards the fact that maybe let, let's do 60-40 him. So even if she's paying 40% of it right now, uh, alluding to what you said earlier, Huds, they said they were going to start having kids right away. Okay. So do you expect her to work full time to full term? Because I wouldn't. As soon as that baby started showing, I would want my wife to be home off her feet, reading all the books she could about how to take care of a newborn. So that would be what, four months? into the pregnancy that I wouldn't want her working. I don't, do you guys feel the same way? I don't know about four months. Uh, maybe we can go a little longer, like more like, uh, uh, six or seven. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that that's what is lost here. And that's kind of the advice he was looking for is like, she wants to do this. Uh, and you know what? I do this with my partner all the time. Like if she wants to go ahead and, uh, do something, I need a plan first. So map out the expenses, how things are going to change. And then if it makes sense, we do it. If not, don't come to me with this. Like, um, like if it's woo wah, whatever, like we can talk about it, but I need a plan. And it sounds like right here, there's no plan. So he's going to 
over quadruple the amount that uh, needs to be paid for living expenses. And then he's going to lose the income from her when she gets pregnant. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Logically, it makes no sense. Why would you ramp up expenses knowing that you're going to ramp up expenses? It's like we're just we're just ramping up every expense we can at this moment. Well, you know, you just take money and light it on fire, right? That's that's a fun thing to do. <laughs> that's right? what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's something I'm going to allude to later on. But, you know, when we did our divorce class a couple weeks ago, what was number two? Financial strain is the number two reason for divorce. And the numbers don't lie, guys. 80% of women or 80% of divorces are initiated by the woman. You know, 70%. And then when you add in the college-educated women, that's 90%. Do the average on that. It's very simple. It's 80% of divorces in America, which is almost at three out of five marriages under divorce are initiated by the women. So how, how are, you know, the financial strain that comes with that on top of the communication issues and the unrealistic expectations, a man well, has enough pressure to begin with. Well, I think like the biggest telltale from the, um, you know, from the perspective of the the situation is that the advice, right. That's just being given. It seems a little bit more like dismissive in a lot of cases. So that's how, you know, it's bad advice. That's how, you know, you can spot like, okay, clearly this guy doesn't have like my best interests really at heart. It's more of just like, I'm asking him a question. It seems like he's, I'm annoying him. And he's just said, telling me something. So I'll go away. Right. So that's something to like pay attention to is like when you're asking and seeking somebody for advice, are they actually interactive in trying to figure out what your solution is? Or are they just like, oh, okay, like one extra detail, maybe not another, oh, no, like, stop being dumb, just do this, right? So that's how you can really spot some, some bad advice is if it's not really being given from a more authentic or at least introspective uh, type of uh, line of questioning to really dive into, hey, how does this really help with your situation or scenario? Yeah, that's a great point that maybe he just didn't really have the the words to say or he didn't want to get to maybe he was pressed on time or, you know, how, however they do it. But, yeah, you know, I, I didn't notice that, Josh, and I've watched this clip several times that it was just so, it is very dismissive of that. Oh, well, she wants a new place. We'll buy our new place, buddy. Happy wife, happy life. OK, next. That might have been what was going on on Ramsey's end. But you could tell, I mean, the, the kid knows what he wants to do. And I, if he ever sees this, probably won't. But I, I don't mean that in a bad way. But you're far younger than I am. He's so smart. I mean, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, he didn't go out and buy the $500,000 house to begin with. He went out and bought a duplex so he could rent one side out. And he's probably looking at keeping that house for the rest of his life and get it paid off. And then have two rental properties along with four more. That's what didn't make any sense to me is like you want to accumulate these rental properties. Like if you're in real estate, like this is like, you know, starting with the duplex is one of the best ways to go. And his advice is, Oh, sell this money-making asset. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And go yeah. into even more debt, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I want to run a scenario by you guys. You know, Dave Ramsey has been around a long time. He has built a massive amount of wealth. First with his book, you know, he talks a lot about how he had to file bankruptcy because he went too hard, too fast with debt and went bankrupt in his early 20s. 
but rose from the ashes, which we always encourage at the minute of now. And we're always here for you to help help you do that because a lot of times we burn up. But do you, do you guys think that when certain people or some people, I shouldn't say certain, I don't even know how to word that. When people reach a wealth that is in a world above not even the average person, even the upper class, where money is not an object for anything anymore, you kind of lose sight of basic reality. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll, I'll give an example on that. Bill Gates, computer nerd that built Microsoft, what, 35 years ago, invented Microsoft, had to struggle, go through it. He's been the richest man in the world, probably more than I've got fingers and toes, up and out, but would never have to. I remember an economics class I did in junior college. We did a study. If he dropped 100 at this time, this was back in the early 2000s. If he dropped a $100 bill out of his pocket, it wasn't worth his time to pick it up because by the time he reached down, picked it up, put it back in his pocket, he'd already made 300. So, and I'm not saying that Ramsey's on that level, but he is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So do you really want to go to a basic question on starting your life to a person like that? Because Bill Gates now is so delusional that he, thinks that he is smart enough to educate people on how to eat and what they should eat. Being a computer nerd from, I don't even know where he's from. And he's buying up farmland that used to cultivate meat and vegetables, you know, to almost in a psycho way, influence that of how he wants to eat. Do y'all think that maybe that happens to people when they reach a certain level in life monetarily? Oh, it, it, it definitely happens. Like maybe not, you know, I'm not going to use necessarily the money example right now. Um, I do remember that thing about Bill Gates. I learned that in school too. That that whole thing was funny. Like when you think about it, uh, breaking down the numbers wise. Uh, but I, I struggle with it myself uh, as I continue to grow in my life, like doing doing the dating coaching and then seeing my own relationships flourish. Um, sometimes it's uh, it's difficult to have to dumb it down and go to somebody who's literally at ground zero. And yeah. so I can understand uh, some of the frustrations that come where you want to be talking about higher level things. Like, for example, like we can talk uh, pickup artistry. So P-Way, like just getting laid. That stuff's e- it's easy for me to teach you how to get laid. Um, but that's those aren't the problems I want to talk about anymore. I'd rather talk with somebody who's really struggling in their relationship that they've been in for a little while. They don't know exactly how to continue to move things forward in a healthy manner. Like, I want to talk about those types of things. I don't want to talk about you getting laid for the first time or losing your virginity. I can help you with that. I can definitely do it. Um, But there's almost like a level of boredom that comes with having to dumb it down to the basics. And I think that that may be where some of his frustration uh, or the uh, dismissiveness lied in, uh, in his response to that question. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say a lot of it depends on like the the person because I've spent a lot of time with a lot of folks and very recently spent a lot of time with a lot of folks uh, out in Dubai with uh, amounts of capital that uh, other nations are literally like trying to like shoot at bullets at each other uh, to find. So yeah, definitely it can happen with some individuals. Others, it's hard from our perspective not at that level to really see like where they're thinking so like the the bill gates example i personally don't think bill gates is actually like delusional i think he's actually like very very 
calculated, um, very focused. It's just from his perspective and his point of view, humanity, like a lot of things, is kind of an equation to be solved. And so if you balance it out this way, okay, great. Now we get the solution to this equation for whatever problem. And yeah, it may come off as like being like, you know, callous or delusional or unplugged. But when you're at that certain level where you have enough capital resources, influence and are plugged in to actually affect a lot of significant change in a lot of different ways, you start thinking in terms of certain calculations rather than at more of the you know ground floor level, like, hey, how's your day doing, right? So yeah. um, I learned this from a friend of mine who was a marketer. And so he worked for a social media company um, and he was explaining where, you know, everyone's like, oh my God, like, you know, Facebook, they're stealing all our data and everything. And there he's like, well, yeah, but he's like, we're, we're not doing it for the reasons everyone's afraid of. It's like, I don't care about, you know, the Hudsman as the Hudsman. I care about the Hudsman as a white male from age 20 to 45 that lives in the eastern half of the United States. That's what I care about is the demographic he represents, not necessarily who he is as an individual. So yeah, I can agree with that. So yeah, that's, that's where great Yeah, so that's where things get really, really interesting. Um, and that's where it's also too, you know. A little bit of that dissociation can definitely happen for sure because again the individual does get lost in that shuffle so that's why it's easy to say well we do this this and this and then it's better overall but there is always going to be an associated cost with that and so you know that's it's a really hard tricky balancing act and i, I wish i had an answer for it but i just you know i don't yeah i, I was just trying to come up with reasons why Ramsey would have reacted the way he did because I thought he would have asked more questions. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I thought that he would have been more on, let's see how we can make the marriage work in the beginning, because I think that hopefully the, the young man went with his gut because you could tell what his gut was. Um, I, the advice that I would give him if, if I would have a chance to speak to this man, this was back in March and now it's December. He said a couple months ago, hopefully things didn't go south i would say let's i think this is the way he was conveying his feelings and his thoughts to his soon-to-be bride i think if he would probably have better communication skills on why he wanted to live in the duplex for maybe the first two years to save money to buy the big house after that and to have the kids that might have been where the disconnect was, you know, I think, the, I think the, the question that, and this is the advice to this young man, probably will never hear it. But again, this is the advice that he needs. The way that you respond to your wife when she wants to quadruple, if not more your expenses and kind of like <laughs> lead you to the slaughter right here. Uh, unless you can you can step up to the plate and make more money and cover it, but it's going to be very stressful nonetheless. Uh, the best question to ask is, all right, I already have a house and it's also a money-making asset because it's a duplex. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can sell that and get a much larger, nicer house, but is that a nice to have or is it a need to have? Yeah. Because it sounds like to me, from her perspective, 
this is a nice to have. She she would want more or she envisioned more for her life. Like when she gets married and has kids that she had a larger house. So it sounds like it's, it's you know, preconceived uh, fantasy that she had of exactly what she was looking for. And this wasn't exactly it. She didn't think that she would be getting married and starting a family in a, in a duplex, a shared house yeah. with somebody else. So is it a nice to have or a need to have? Yeah, yeah. That's a great, point. great point. Go ahead. Yeah. And hopefully we can find some more information out just because there, there's still a lot of like blanks because like, we don't know like if she's got, you know, capital saved or any other type of assets, right? Or what else? So the picture is like not that complete. But I think, yeah, you know, the the big takeaway is just, you know, you can tell you're getting bad advice if someone's just kind of like shooing you off a little bit. So in uh, sales, we kind of have a saying where there's like there's two type of questions. There's a legitimate buying question and then there's a go away question, right? So, you know, if someone's interested, they'll ask you legitimate buying questions. If someone asks you what your customer service number is, that's kind of a go away question, right? So, yeah. you know, when you're soliciting advice from somebody and it doesn't matter if, you know, soliciting advice from us or soliciting advice from, again, like a Dave Ramsey, you always want to make sure that, um, you know, they're asking you more of those questions that are more of interest and more engaging. Otherwise, you know, the advice is not going to hold that much salt. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, he, he went to the wrong platform to ask for that advice. You know, because the, the first thing I was like, you you and your fiance need to sit down and talk about it and really lay it down on how it would look if we lived in the duplex or if we lived in this this nice house. And, and you know, Hubs, you brought up a great point that I want to call it, I'm not going to call it an unrealistic expectation, but, you know, a lot of a lot of girls do women. They have it in their mind of what it's going to be like that first day after you get married. And it's a little bit different and some roll with the punches and some take it as it comes. Some take those unrealistic expectations as a sign to move on, you know, oh. it's, and it's, and it's, it's not even their fault. You know, you think, think about it when a, a young woman grows up, she's told she's a princess. She's told she's beautiful and she probably is. I'm not saying she's not, even if she's, you know, four foot ten, 160 pounds. You're beautiful. You're a princess. You just said, and I don't, I didn't say, even say that'd be funny. But when she tells her parents, I just was, I'm sorry. I'm I just want like, to be a school, about it. Yeah, like, like, what, what would a four foot ten, 160 pound woman look like? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, go, go to Peru. You'll see them. Um, <laughs> but, and, but what, what do the parents say? <laughs> That's great. You want to, you want to be a school teacher, but you want the G wagon and the mansion and all that. You deserve it, so you'll have it. For us young men growing up, you know, we all want to be a fireman at some point in our life. Me, it was kindergarten. It came and went really quick. But no matter what it is, what do your parents tell you? Do good in school, work hard, and you'll achieve it. There's two different narratives there. And I'm not saying you should tell a girl, you know, you should work hard and you should be a welder. But there's... It's almost like those unrealistic expectations are ingrained at an early age, if I'm making sense. Yeah. And I mean, in this guy's particular scenario, too, like there's a, the, the big question that remains a, a mystery, right? Is because um, sometimes context is everything, right? So it's like, well, this duplex that he has, right? Yeah, he has a duplex and he owns an income generating asset, but maybe it's in a rough part of town 
that's really terrible. So she's like, hey, I don't want to live in this part of town and like, you know, raise our potential children here. We should probably move. Yeah. So there could be a reason why, like, why it's so cheap, right? So I think that's something that I really wish uh, he would have gotten into a little bit more to kind of explore that. Because, um, you know, if it's, a, if it's a great duplex, clean and pristine in a very nice part of town, it's like, oh, yeah, no, that's definitely, um, you know, a situation where it's like, hey, let's, let's make sure we reevaluate this. But if there's yeah, a broader I, concern of. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Josh, because what, what is the first thing that Ramsey jumped to? It's a bachelor pad. She don't want the smells. Right. You know, I mean, are, are you just I mean, you're just jumping to that conclusion. Even the, the young man said he was like, it's nice. It's not a bad place. And, and what does that even mean? Like, because if, if you're going to say it that way, OK, fine, then I'll go to the other <laughs> the other part of the duplex and then I'll rent out the previous one. Like, like what, what is he trying to say? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's just he basically stereotyped on this young man that it's, it's just a, a piece of shit. I mean, that's the only way you can say it. I mean, I'm far more older, but I, you could say, would you say the same thing about me in the house that I have? Because every time a woman walks into my house, they're actually pretty impressed. But I thought that a good compromise would be, okay, baby, let's do this. Let's have the first kid. We got two bedrooms. I'll tell you what, with the with all the money we make from the marriage, it's going to be a lot. If you want to go on a honeymoon, we can do that. We'll, we'll From the wedding, we'll take that money. It's all yours. You decorate this place however you want it, and it's all yours. You know, you do it. We'll paint. We'll put new flooring down. Whatever you need to do, we'll do that. But in return for that, the first two years of our marriage, let's let's do this and let's plan while we don't have the financial strain. I think that would have been probably the best advice I could have heard if I was in this young man's situation. Because I'll, I'll go back to it. You could tell by the way he was talking. He knew in his mind what he wanted. He just could not convey that to her to get her to understand his point of view. That was brilliantly put. I really like that, Kevin. Yeah, very well put. I don't know. Like, I, I'm like, I got nothing to follow it up with. I'm just like, it was so well put. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a great. And again, it, it comes back to what I was saying. Like, is this a nice to have or a need to have? Yeah. And uh, when you can then phrase the option, like if if the buyer in this case her if the buyer uh doesn't love what's being offered and wants like an upgrade um showing them like what the lesser product duplex versus a standalone three-bedroom house if you can show her how it can still be a benefit to her and it can be it can be an experience it can be a fun thing that you guys do together like imagine that like on a sunday afternoon like painting walls with her and just like the memories that you guys are going to start to form in this new marriage. Like you can paint that narrative. And again, um, being a good storyteller is everything in dating. Like as a man, like women, women love it. The imagination is the imagination is their G spot. It's, it's not, <laughs> yes, maybe it's physical, but it's uh, you know, the mind, the mind is everything. And so if you can paint this picture of this perfect, happy marriage that you guys are going to have, as you're building up in life together, that's going to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, that's probably what this young man's having a problem with is finding the words to take what he's got here, to put it here, to make her understand. You know? mm -hmm. And, and I, I wish to God he would see this and know that, hey, <laughs> you've got guys out there that are on your side, buddy. Not, And this is not... You're, it's my way or the highway. You know, like if you would talk to me two years ago when I was in my red pill phase, 
you know, it would have been like, bro, you're the leader of the relationship. What you say goes. And yeah, you would already be divorced. But, you know, the, with the evolution that a lot of us, even in this room, have come through to go through that phase to where we're at now. I mean, we can help people like this. We, we would probably give them better advice than a Dave Ramsey. Or we'd definitely ask some more interesting questions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, we hey. would be there for you there to step away. We wouldn't sit here with our arms crossing, sail it, dude. Happy wife, happy life. You're just a dirty bachelor and your house smells like dirty socks. Next, you know. Um, and that that's what we've created at the minute of now, which is beneficial for to a lot of people. Yeah, like really actually diving into the core of uh what the issue is, our issues, right, are and, and could be, but also just again, really like helping provide that more balanced perspective um and that's yeah that's what's been great and awesome and uh been great to see the guys do is just uh yeah. it's also surprising too because it's like you know you get you think there's gonna be like the quiet person and then it's like nope like you know they yeah. chime it in on all these different things so it's always cool to see like uh what different topics or subjects uh different folks uh wind up really really like diving into and uh really getting engaged with everyone yeah, well, it, it reminds me of a video that I saw today, and it's I, it's a YouTube channel, but it talked about you know, of course, you know, the big thing now is the the gym chicks that are filming all the time and you know making trying to put it on TikTok to make themselves look good. It's, it's backfiring for most of them. So I mean, that's but it brought up a great point. You know, there there used to be men's clubs, you know, there used to be men's only groups and there, there still are you know you have the masons you have the striders that kind of stuff but a lot of young young people don't even know about that but i mean you used to have men's only country clubs you used to but you can't do that anymore because of inclusion and that and it even talked about the gym that it, it try to open up a men's only gym right now and see how quick that place is shut down because it's sued or this that and the other by women that can't be here now women can have women's only gyms all day long now they don't last more than six months because they don't bring in revenue but the point that i'm getting to is now our men's groups are becoming online communities like we have at the minimum now and there's several others out there and the great thing about the minimum now is we're we're fairly new but ev everybody except especially up in the upper echelon we come from other groups that are very successful and we bring a collaboration to this group that is going to make it very special. And for the guys that think, okay, well, there's women have to be including thing. Now that's what it's come to is the online men's community that we do. We do have meetups and that kind of stuff. It's, it's not, we don't all live five blocks from each other, but we're, that's the great thing about the internet. We, we all always have a quick and easy place to go. Right. And and it, that's what's so great about it, too, is like uh, if I need advice on something specific and then in my local community, I don't know somebody who has that advice. Like, for example, I, I Josh does a lot of really interesting stuff with crypto, as well as he also does a lot of model photo shoots. How many model photographers do I know in my local community? So if I don't know anybody. I have access to somebody who can teach me about something that's like so unique. And, you know, that, that's really what's just is fantastic about the connection, the online communities. And then, as you said, with the meetups, being able to uh, come together, it's just it's just awesome. It's just development every day while having fun doing it. Yeah, it's just yeah. a great spot for you know, guys to like probe 
other guys or, you know, ask other questions to, to other guys, you know, kind of pick their brains a bit um, to, you know, help them out with their situations and their scenarios. So, you know, in reality, it's, you know, technically it's a men's group. In reality, it's more of like just a, a mentorship collective where it's, you know, community mentorship from all different uh, angles and sides. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's something we as men have lost, uh, even unbeknownst to us, because we didn't know there was things like that. And now that it's coming back in a big way, especially with online communities like we have at the minimum now, and there's a lot, lot of other great ones out there. It's 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 going to turn around where men can start learning how to be that leader that the women really want or the pillar in the community that the community needs, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not going to go through the, the hard times, create hard men scenario. We all know it. But let's let's end the soft times as quick as we can. Oh, there's and, gonna be some fantastically uh, hard individuals made uh, very very soon. So over the next exactly. few years. So. But yeah, and the faster we make them, the fact the better it will be. You know, uh, you don't want to have to go through uh, what our ancestors went through. Their hard times were far more than we will probably ever experience, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm not uh, fighting saber tooth tigers. I'm sorry, just I'm not guys, <laughs> not that guy. All right, well, guys, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, final thoughts on uh, the uh, the clip and why maybe sometimes you take leadership from someone, but you got to learn how to vet their advice and not just take their word as stone. Start sure. Sure. So definitely, <clears throat> I have to say, like, when you're seeking advice, seek it from at least three people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Seek advice from at least three people. Um, even if they're, you know, somebody on the Internet that or somebody famous that you don't, you know, you don't know personally, like, that's OK. Get some advice from Dave Ramsey and then get some advice from your father and then get some advice from a best friend and take that advice all those different forms of advice and kind of blend them together and see what actually fits your own life's narrative. So yeah. I think that sometimes people give advice from their perspective, not necessarily putting themselves in the shoes of the person asking for that advice. And so I think that that's incredibly important. And that was what was really lost in, uh, in that call there. I think that that's, there was a second piece that I had to this, but that's really the most important thing that I pulled out of the entire thing. And I mean, look at it this way. Um, even just getting involved, like I've been in so many different communities uh, and I'm so happy to be a part of the men of now. But in these other communities, not all of them were successful for me or not all of them actually like leveled me up in any area whatsoever. It was just wasted money. But through going through so many different communities, being involved with so many different people, learning so many different things from so many different ways of thinking, um, really transformed me and it was worth every penny. I think back to different communities I was a part of where I spent uh, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars just to be a part of it, to learn nothing and, yeah. and have it be a waste. But it wasn't a waste because it again taught me how to vet for that good advice. So that's one thing that like even with with the men of now here, you could sign up for seventy five dollars a month and you will not end up selling your duplex, buying a more expensive home and burning money leading to financial <coughs> ruin. 
So is $75 worth it to go ahead and save yourself from the turmoil that this young man is going to experience? I would say so. But maybe yeah. I'm the crazy one. No, I, I think you're absolutely correct because dividends aren't always paid back in cold hard cash. Knowledge is the one thing that can't be taken away from us. So, that I mean, sometimes you trade money for knowledge, uh, but doing it at an Ivy League college now has proven to be <laughs> insignificant. So sometimes you got to look at the, the dividends you get on your investment that you're making yourself in a different way of saying, you know, $75 a month, that's, that's less than I pay in just, you know, streaming accounts just to watch TV that I never watch, you know? Right. What about you, Josh? What is, you know, kind of like I asked us when it comes to taking advice from other people, what would you say the, the most important thing is to know about? Yeah, I mean, I'd say take all of it again with a grain of salt and kind of building on Hudson's point. It's you really have to curtail it and, you know, figure out what does it mean for you and for your situation. Because, again, I, you know, I can give you all sorts of advice that can be the absolute greatest advice in the world for me, but it wouldn't work for you. Right. So you have to balance out all the different opinions and again, you want to get different bits of advice from either people that are yeah mentors or people that you look up to and respect like or sometimes hey you might get a shocking bit of advice right from someone that's just like you know what i wouldn't trust this person with whatever blah 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 but actually they give me like something like pretty profound i think uh ed Lattimore, he had a really really good quote where he said if the message is of value and substance then the messenger is inconsequential so, you know, something to just kind of keep in the back of your mind where sometimes you can get some really, really good advice of what to do or not to do from some of the most unlikely of sources. So, again, take all of this and really what it comes down to is you have to break it all down and figure out what you're going to do with it for you. Because at the end of the day, nobody else out there is going to live the consequences of your decisions. You have to live with the consequences of your decisions. So that's really the, the, the best bit uh, of, right? advice from stranger on the internet right but that's the best bit of advice that i can give you right or you know my thoughts and my feedback on that um take that advice and see what it really means for you and take it all with a a bit of a grain of salt because we're all human we're we're not perfect no and and that's perfect because we we did have a a show on you know the the adversity show of you're responsible for your reaction but you're you you can't help the consequences that come with your reaction Yep. Uh, the 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 one thing I would say, especially to this young man, his gut was right on point. So when your gut is telling you, don't even seek advice. Go with your gut. If you have to learn the lesson the hard way, it'll probably be the best lesson you ever learned. Because if this kid goes with the advice he was given, this is going to be a very, very, very hard lesson that he's going to learn in the long run. And his new wife. Because it's not all peaches and cream. Especially if you can't make mortgage payments and you can't make car payments and your insurance lapses because you can't afford it. So that's, you know, if your gut's telling you to do it, listen to the advice of your gut and your instinct before you take it to somebody else. And I think that's the one thing this young man did wrong. Well, I gut was right on. I would, uh, I would make a tweak to that where I would say like, it's good to like, yeah, you can listen to your gut for sure, but it's also good to seek out advice as a sanity check. 
So just because sometimes in your gut, like you, you kind of feel like really strongly, but something else is holding you up. So it's good to get a little advice just to get a little bit of a, sa a sanity check where you either reaffirm what your gut's telling you, or you can be like, yeah, you know what? Like my gut is telling me this one thing, but something's a little bit off. At least now I know what that off thing is so I can make the absolute best decision for myself. So you can use it as a bit of a sanity check. That's the only like little asterisk that I would um, add to what you said. But, you know, I thought what you said was pretty spot on. No, that's a, that's a great point, too, because sometimes you do get that aha moment when your gut's telling you one thing or your mind or you're thinking something and then somebody will give you, a, you know, an anecdotal or even an empirical response and it'll give you an aha moment before you make that mistake. So that, no, that's, that's a great point. So does yeah. anybody have anything to add before we wrap up? We've been going for about an hour now. I think this was a, a great and like, like I said before, anybody seeing this, this wasn't just throw shade at Dave Ramsey. I know a lot of people looked up to him. I looked up to him at some point, but I got what I needed from him. So thank you, Dave, for what you inspired me for. However, I have to move on and seeing clips like this reassures me that my gut told me that I have to move on. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm putting him down because this, this advice could have came from anyone. I would have had the same response. This was about the advice, not the person. I'm not discouraging anyone to watch, read, or listen to Dave Ramsey, you know, but that's, I felt that it's something we had to put out there. Absolutely. 100% agree with you. And so before I go ahead and close this, just want to say, if you guys have anything like this that you want to go ahead and bring up and want us to discuss, by all means, go ahead and comment it down below. We love doing things like this. This was a, a little bit different. We don't typically look at uh, a specific story or a specific video, but I love the commentary stuff. And like, what can we learn from, uh, you know, different people that are, are big people in, in different spaces? And I think that it was so interesting seeing somebody who's, uh, you know, a financial wizard giving certain relationship and marriage advice and what we can pick out of it. So definitely go ahead and comment or reach out to one of us if there's something you want us to discuss. And then, you know, as always, you can see it down below. Go ahead and join the Men of Now community. Uh, we do too much. <laughs> I can't keep track of it all. I just yeah. was looking at the calendar and it's like literally like three different events a week and it's just nonstop. And so if you're really looking to level up, definitely go ahead and join right there, uh, <laughs> especially in this circumstance, instead of... <laughs> Ruining, ruining your life today, you can go ahead and succeed and continue succeeding. So with that, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys. Talk to you soon. See you next week.